Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Today, I'm going to do a student special, one of my course members from the Artist Blueprint. I'm excited to welcome in Wait For Me. You've seen his tracks in our demo streams before. He's been building solid releases since he joined the course in 2021. He's a Charleston-based DJ producer, by the way, in Massachusetts, where he's first dove into a new disco and house music scene. His deep roots in disco, powered by, as we know from his demos, he's got great drums. We love a good drum in here, don't we? We love a good kick drum in here. So we're going to be chatting drums, we're going to be chatting production, we're chatting about what he's been doing since he joined the course. Let's get him in here. Hey, dude. Yo. <laughs> How are you? Thank you for I'm getting good, up man. for us. Yeah, no, of course. I appreciate the uh, introduction. You have me washing. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How you doing? How's, thanks for getting up this morning for us. And we're, all, we're both on the coffee, and I'm on a lunchtime coffee. Yeah, no, I'm... It's it, not too bad we're here, not too early, but uh, no, glad to do it. So today we're going to chat everything, uh, but before we get started, we do something stupid, as you know, probably from watching these streams. Uh, I know you've been <laughs> in the chat. I probably don't get a meal deal over there, but we're, here in the UK, we have a meal deal and it's a lunchtime thing. It's usually like a sandwich, combo, crisps, or what do you call them over there? Chips, combo mm-hmm. with a drink. Do you have that sort of thing over there? Um, well, like a lunch special, you're saying? Yeah, like a lunch special. What is your go-to lunch special? Oh, um, I don't know if it's a special because it ends up being expensive as hell, but <laughs> I'm always going to my coffee spot. It's this place called Harbinger right here in downtown Charleston. And I get nice. my espresso tonic and a slice of quiche. That's that's my move. So <laughs> what quiche? that special from a price price standpoint, but it's special because it's delicious. <laughs> Ooh, I like a quiche. What quiche do you go for? Well, they do. It's like they do. Um, they they're uh, they're one of those places. They're uh, like it's a vegetarian place, right? Um, and they're also like a no waste place. So like anything they kind of have left over from the day before, they just throw into the quiche. So you never know what you're really going to get. You know, it's like boiled potatoes or other vegetables, all sorts of stuff. So every day it's different. But actually, I, I had one yesterday and it was pretty good. That sounds nice. That sounds really nice. Oh, I like a good yeah. quiche. Yep. Quiche is definitely a summer thing, I feel. Like over here, I, we have it lots and then it gets to winter and no, no more quiche. Yeah. The, well, that's strange because it's kind of a winter thing over here. Like I got it yesterday and I heated it up and it was, you know, it's 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 getting close to summertime, springtime here in Charleston. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm probably going to have to lay off. The, I don't know. It's a big slice. So I'm going to have to like lay off for the summer, you know. <laughs> they are they are quite fatty, aren't they, quiches? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> are you are you a war, you're you says you warm it up. So my parents warm up quiche, but Shelly my other half, she has it cold. Chat, are you a warm or a cold quiche quiche type of person? Let's have a let's see if let's have a, we can have a poll. Warm or cold quiche. <laughs> Lars is both important stuff. We need to this is the killer, right? Yeah. Are you warm or cold? You're obviously warm. I, I'm, I like it warm. I think, yeah. and I, I like it cold. You like it tepid. Bosco's warm. Government fund is cold. Tepid. Te- <laughs> cold. What, ki- what, so tepid's like not cold, but not warm. That's like room temperature, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> cold quiche is a cool like. Cold quiche is a cool artist name. So he's also tepid. Tepid's quite a cool kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there is a poll now. We can actually vote in the poll. Are you a warm or cold? Or both? Oh, wow. Everyone's going both. I'm going to vote quickly. There you go. These, 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 these are the polls you need on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. How is your quiche? 
Right, for those that don't know who you are, can you just introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, and yeah, go for it. Yeah, sure. Um, so wait for me. That's that's my producer name, my DJ name. Um, my actual name is Kirk. Um, I come from Boston, Massachusetts, and now I live in, in Charleston, South Carolina, which is about uh, a day's trip down the East Coast from Boston, um, driving. Yeah, America is massive. <laughs> I think yeah. that's one thing people always say, like, People come from other countries. They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna they, they fly to Boston," and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna pop over to LA for the day." It's like it's like a three day trip driving. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I live down in Charleston, South Carolina, and been producing for a, a pretty long time. Um, mm. I first got into DJing probably 10, 11, maybe twelve years ago, and then after that, started producing, started trying to make music. Probably like a year or two after I started DJing, and then. Gave it, gave it a, gave it a fair shot for a, a few years, um, and kind of got nowhere with it. And then took a, I think a lot of people do this too. Took like probably a two or three, maybe four year hiatus, just kind of quit on it. And then when I moved back, when I moved to Charleston, um, I think it was about four or five years ago. I was pretty much bored because I, I didn't necessarily have a friend group yet, and I was kind of working on that, so I had a lot of free time. So I just jumped back into it. And that was, yeah, now four or five years ago. And, um, you know, these past two years have been the first couple of years where I've started to see a lot of like DJ support, my tracks getting signed, having actual momentum, having my name out there, having it known within some sort of music scene. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's that's basically the past 10, 11 years of my life. <laughs> that's cool. That's In cool. two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the what's uh, why? Why wait for me? Oh yeah, this is like this is. I do get this question, and it's not random. Um, it's not totally random. So if if you are a fan of the movie Blade Runner um, with Harrison oh, right, Ford yeah. in the eighties, yeah. yeah. So the uh, composer on that the musical score is a guy named Vangelis. Yeah, and it's like you know, he just did this incredible synth work. And when I first started making music, I'm still into that sort of stuff. I love synth i love like synth wave and just like old school analog that type of feel and so that score first of all that movie i love that movie it's like one of my favorite movies and then second of all the score i love the score there's a track on the score called wait for me and it's like my favorite on on that whole score so i just you know there was like one day i was trying to come up with some sort of name and i'd been listening to that score like probably like during work or something like that for the last couple of weeks. And I said, you know what? Like, I really like this track. Why don't I just use this? Cause it is some point of inspiration. And so it's a little bit of a weird name. Uh, you know, it's kind of out there or it's kind of like a little bit, I don't think it rolls off the tongue that great, you know, but I don't know. It comes from a point of inspiration and I'm already too, too far in anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I know I can always switch it up, but I'm, I'm happy with it for now. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Lo, 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 did Loz just actually say what's Blade Runner? Loz knows no films. He's never seen a film in his life. Well, I don't know whether he's I joking or not. This about Blade Runner. It's a great movie, but for a lot of people, it's boring as fuck. Like, <laughs> it's a slow drag. It's like, yeah, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta watch it a couple times to, to kind of mm. really like get into it and appreciate it. But it is, for me, it's not boring, you know? And mm. yeah. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. He, he, I think he was jesting. Then, yeah, because you sent us a, a playlist of like 
inspirational music. I was going to ask you what you were into when you're yeah. growing up, and there's some great tracks in here, and like the Oliver track. That's I love that track. Um, yeah, what were you listening to when you were growing up? Well, so yeah, everything comes stems from disco. Um, so just like as a kid growing up, my, my dad was a, a huge disco guy. So there's just constantly like disco records on at the house. Um, and what, what I had always liked disco, but it was, it was never like, I would never pop the genre on, you know, like I, it was, but it was just always around. Like my dad was always playing, especially on like holidays, you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night rolls around. They've been drinking all day. It's like, all right, time to put on the disco and they try to relive nice. their youth, you know, that sort of stuff. Nice. So I was just around it a lot. And then, I mean, for like, for, for music that I would pop on myself, you know, when I was growing up, middle school, high school, that sort of stuff. Um, it was all sorts of stuff. I, I liked everything, but yeah, disco was, was, was just always something that I had heard around the house. And then the reason I started getting into music a lot more and getting into DJing was I, I really like, I discovered that new disco scene. Like it was really budding. I think, what was it like 2009, 10, 11? Yeah. yeah. There was like tons of music blogs and just bedroom producers kind of maybe taking old disco tracks, making French house type of feel stuff um, or creating stuff completely organically on their own and, you know, starting from scratch on that sort of stuff. So I, I came into that scene and like just started discovering music. And I just remember being super impressed because I was like, all, I was like, whoa, all these like really cool sounding like modern disco tracks are being made by, you know, some guy or some gal, like just with their computer at their house. And so I just thought it was really interesting. And that's that's kind of what, you know, really, really started the whole segue into everything, um, especially I don't know if you remember a, a blog called Gotta Dance Dirty from way back yep. in the day. You remember them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I'm massively into that sound. Like, uh, yeah. I was DJing a lot of that sound at the same at that time. I, I think that's when I played Space in Ibiza, and I played that sound in Ibiza. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was into that sound loads. Um, there was loads of blogs around then as well. Like, um, what was that guy? That other blog that the guy used to work for, right for us as well. He did another blog called something Sebastian or something. Sebastian Tellier. No, there was a blog called, it was, what's it? Oh, I, wonder, I might have to Google it later. I'll find it later and I'll tell you. But yeah, there's a blog and he was doing, he was writing for us, but he was also doing his own blog. Um, and he was all new. He was solid. There was so much and it was just so interesting. I just, I don't, I don't remember how exactly I stumbled upon it, but mm. I just did. And it just like opened up this massive world of music that I didn't even know was being made. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, it was just really cool to me. It was just. Yeah, and that that started every. I mean, I don't make that that sort of stuff at at the moment, but yeah, that's what kind of set off the inspiration. Yeah, I think I think my I think it was the Mighty Mouse Disco Circus CD. I listened to that loads, and that was the kind of my in uh, to that sound. And then I, yeah, I, I, I then I ended up DJing loads with Mighty Mouse. We were playing loads of that music together. It was really cool. <clears throat> but yeah, at the same time, that, yeah. was, that was a mad, that was mad. The music then was great. Airplane, I was into, I was friends yeah, with Airplane. Airplane plastic plates, moon boots and still around, yeah. everything French Express. Yeah, just so, Jonas Rothschman, like just so much good music. The best part about it too was everything was free. <laughs> it was all free download. <laughs> you know? It was all, every single artist was there to like, I need to build my audience. So everything was just like, mm. take it, free, 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 you know? And I think mm -hmm. distribution was a totally different game back then too. So I imagine, you know, getting onto iTunes or other streaming. Well, actually, there was no streaming platforms. 
not really. I mean, SoundCloud getting onto like major platforms like that was probably took a little bit more legwork, you know, compared to like SoundCloud, which was like this great tool where it's like, no, just create a profile. If you want to upload more than this amount (laughs) of music, pay us this month and you could get that sound out there. But I do remember, and I still have them all in my iTunes uh, got a dance dirty used to do these compilations. So it was called waves and raves. And nice. I have like, oh, I think they did like 15 of them and every single one of those tracks, I still like listen to them to this day. Just such good waves music. and raves. That's a great, that's yeah. a great name. Yeah. 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 And they, Love I think that. they're down now. I think they shut down a few, few years ago, which is sad, but still got all that, all that music left over from back in that day. That's very cool. Very cool. And then when did you start producing music? Yeah, um, I think probably around like 2013, 2014 was when I first mm-hmm. started. Gave it a chance, made a bunch of shitty tracks, quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I think I still have some from way back then. And, you know, was able to pump out a few, you know, listenable things. Um, but I just, I yeah, I, I think I just hit... I was like starting my career, you know, I graduated from college, didn't have a lot of free time. So I just, I kind of gave up on it for a few years. And then, like I said, when I moved back down to Charleston, had a little bit more free time in my hands. And um, what ended up happening was uh, there was this track. I can't remember the name of who it was who produced it, but the track was called Golden Girls. It's got these really cool vocals in them. And what happened was... um, I, they released like the acapella for this track and I had really liked it. And so I was like, Hey, you know what? I want to do like a remix. And so, yeah, what happened was I, I just got back into producing again, just because like I found inspiration in an acapella and I did a remix on it. It turned out really good. It was like mm-hmm. a different style compared to what I made. So that was like four or five years ago. And it, it just sparked me to kind of get back into it and start making music and eventually brought me to minimal percussive tech, which was something I didn't listen to five years ago, but now I make, you know? <laughs> yeah. What was you making then? What was you making? Was it, were you making new disco? Were you making house? What, what, what was that? Yeah, Where it, was, it was house, a little bit of like, there's always going to be like disco flavors that I try to bring in. And, and there's also, there's tons of music I do not release. Um, there's tons of like new disco tracks that I make. You know, when I get tired of just doing percussion and bass lines, I'm like, I want synth work. I want this, I want that. So, um, and that's also too, like for good or for worse, uh, like stuff that blends into the music that I make, like, because I like synth wave and like new disco and kind of like eighties disco or electro type of feel stuff. Um, that kind of vibe can sometimes creep into my tracks. And so for like one example, uh, a label I just signed a three track EP with that's coming out in the fall. Uh, and we talked about this, Graham, um, the two guys, Tommy and Kesh who run the label Nazo, I'd sent them like countless demos and that sound, their Nazo sound, it goes for like a really like, kind of like happy, like just kind of bouncy, like groovy baseline sound. And what they kept saying to me was like, Hey, your tracks are good, but they kind of have like this dark vibe to them. Like they're a little bit like deeper, that sort of thing. And so what happened was I was like, oh, like, why do I keep making tracks like this? And eventually, like just talking to them. And I also sent them some music of like the other stuff that I make. They're like, that's what's happening. Like you have that synth wave sort of electro inspiration creeping into 
these tracks, right? Eventually things worked out, right? And, and we signed a couple mm-hmm. tracks and I guess I kind of hit the mark on like happy and groovy, that sort of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, like the, that stuff, even though I make like minimal tech percussion, that sort of stuff, you'll notice like in my tracks, I love like kind of corny disco sounds, like synth hits and like all that sort of stuff. Like anything I can do to kind of bring in like a little bit of a, a disco sound to that. Nice. That's cool. And then did yeah. you did you do production courses or did you just learn YouTube? kind of or just fanning around with it yeah i mean mainly youtube and then i did this like uh like one day course with um this group they were called maven um it was in Mm. it was in boston it was in person it was just like a a brief thing um just kind of like going over ableton but the main reason i did it was just to kind of get connected and 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 get within the network there uh up in boston which it did help me do and i still stay in touch with um a lot of those people that that i initially met and that was like eight years ago long time ago but yeah and everything was pretty much yeah just youtube and back then too it was pretty easy to just you know you stick to like four or five people on youtube now there's just like so much which is good (laughs) you know there's, there's a lot of people out there still pumping out awesome content and then there's a lot of people out there just to kind of like re-rinsing the same old content over and over again and also too sometimes like i go into certain videos and i'm like what is this person like what advice is this this is wild like so it's good because there's a lot out there but it's a little dangerous because there's like, a lot of crap out there too yeah yeah i was yeah i agree I I was because i don't want to you know no of course not That's feelings cool. or anything like that yeah um yeah. let's uh should we play a track well, let's play a track um yeah, sure. sh- should we play I was gonna I was gonna let's play one from the inspirations where do you wanna should we play one of these disco tracks yeah I mean the first one in there is um what's it the establishment love like this yeah that track was that like I think that was on French Express that's from like 10 or 11 years ago that's where I really started and like this track till this day I'll still put this in DJ sets and every single time I play it too everybody everybody comes running up and they're like what what is this track like it's still like one of the better pieces of like music that came out of that that whole scene and still something I'm very much attached to so yeah go ahead let it rip let's play this go that was super cool i've not yeah. heard that track before yeah i've seen skeleton keys he says like pajana but bombay bicycle club that's like he nailed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah like pajana yeah 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely summer banger. I think I'm going to download that. I've got some summer disco sets coming up, so I'm going to I'm going to download that. That's cool. Oh man, it's and hopefully I don't know who the I mean that we obviously know the establishment. I don't know I don't know their story. I don't know if they even still make music, but hopefully, yeah, they'll see their their 11 year old track get some resurgence this summer. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. This is cool. Oh, it's a great. It's totally timeless. And yeah, every time you play it, people love it. And you'll get a hundred, you'll just get every DJ come up with, what is this track? Oh my God. Mm. So good. <laughs> and then, and then you shifted to playing kind of more tech house and groovy. And, and the first track I started working with you was, I think the way it used to be was the hot city, hot city EP. I think that's the first one I kind of, you were working on when we, when we first met. Um, yeah. I did a, yeah. I did an EP with them, a small label out of uh, LA. Um, is mm-hmm. that is that the first, when is that when you changed the sound or had you done stuff before that in the in the kind of sound you're kind of moved into now? Because I think you've evolved that sound. Yeah, I think the first time I really kind of did a, a tech house release was with a small label out of Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about four hours north of here. Mm-hmm. Um, with my friend Tyler, he runs a label called uh, Groovy Bum, and his uh, his producer name is Disco. He's he's pretty he's decently big in the like bass house and um, kind of like that heavier tech house type of sound. And so he runs his own label and yeah, I released a track. It was called camera shy. It was like my first re- Yeah. It was actually my first official release. Um, nice. And that the funny story about that too, is like that, that came from a tech house sound because I was starting to get into tech house mm-hmm. and I was working on like getting better at that sound and what I literally did, I was at like a company conference for the old company I used to work for. And um, it had been like a long day and like I had like more things to go to or something like that, like more round table discussion. I don't know, a bunch of boring business stuff. So anyways, <laughs> I didn't want to go to it. <laughs> right. And I had my laptop with me and I said, you know what, I'm just going to like sit here and like work on a track. And what I've been doing at the time to kind of get that sound down, and this is something I still do to this day, is like I, I was copying a track, right? Just taking the track and copying it to my best of my ability. And so I actually ended up sitting there for like six hours and finishing mm-hmm. the track. It was just like one of those moments where you like, like everything just worked, everything fit, all that sort of stuff. So I finished the track and then somehow I connected with Tyler. I think it was through DJing or something like that. And I sent him it and he was like, this is really good. Like, let me release it. Um, and me, yeah, just like young producer, I was like, hell yeah, man. Like if I don't care what the size <laughs> is, if somebody says this is good enough, then let's release it. So yeah, that first track was, uh, it's called camera shy. It's on, it's on uh, groovy bone. And that's what kind of kicked everything off, um, was doing that. And I was like, okay, so if somebody can accept this genre of music and they like this quality, let me stick with it and keep going. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we had that. And then we had that. I was going to play the, um, then then you joined me in the January 2021. Do you remember the motivation yeah. for joining us on the course? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the my big the biggest motivation, honestly, I've, I've, I'll just be frank about it, was like I've been using data transmission like your SoundCloud pages and been engaging and taking in music from you all for years. Like just ever since, when did you guys start? When did like data transmission officially start? 2008. We were 15 in February. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like I can imagine when I got into Gotta Dance Dirty and those are like, I was, I was, 
you know, stumbling upon stuff coming from data transmission. Right. And so just for like so long, I just used and gotten so many, so much great music and so much great content from you all. I was like, whoa, like an opportunity to talk to the guy and, you know, kind of communicate with the guy who runs this channel that I have a huge amount of respect for. That was like my initial motivation. And then I was like, oh, okay. But also I'll get all these like great pointers and tips out of it. So like, yeah, I think the main thing too, like that was the main reason why I was initially interested. Right. And then out of it too, really kind of gaining some perspective on how to, how to better send demos, how to basically put your best foot forward after you've spent all this time making the song right now, it's like getting it in front of eyeballs and ears and that sort of stuff. So yeah. And then everything that comes with it too, you know, all, all the different strategies and social media and stuff. But yeah, the main thing was just like, I had always just, uh, you guys had given me so much over a lifetime of like listening to music. I was like, let me get in here and actually meet these people. I think that would be really cool. <laughs> oh, so. that's cool. Oh, I didn't realize that. that's cool. Oh, yeah. that's cool, dude. All, all the, listen, the, there's tons of stuff that I got from the course, but my main goal or my main driver was just like, Hey, can I meet with these data transmission people once a week for, you know, a, a couple of months here? That was the coolest part to me. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize yeah. that. And then after the course you released, did you release the Hoochin EP? Should we play that one? Yeah, that was, I think that was right after the course. That was with um, a label up in, on the West Coast, Seattle, um, late Munchies. night Munchies, <clears throat> who Tony H., um, who runs that label? He just actually got booked for the Heineken stage over at Coachella. So Amazing. I'm going to be him in a couple. Uh, actually, next week I think. Yeah, next week's next weekend's Coachella. Wow. Um, yeah, hope um, I, I sent him some promos, and yeah, I'm hoping to see maybe hear maybe one or two of my tracks at his set, um, which would be just otherworldly to hear one of my songs being played at Coachella. That's the goal: is to hear at least one of my tracks at Coachella this year. Oh, that'd be or, good. Get a, get, get a video. Don't get too hammered. Get the video. No, get the videos. I, I, I get the videos. October too. <laughs> what? So, yeah, yeah. I shut it down. I'm 33. I'm just. I don't. Know. I'm. I'm at least taking a Very year off. Very wise. Yeah, that's that's an aside. But yeah, I I, sh- I shut it down and back in October. Um, not Very not wise. necessarily. I had any problems. I was just getting tired of. I, you know, man. It's just yeah. the, the hangovers get really. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. They t- <laughs> Yeah, they do. They just get annoying. You know I, it I, was like, I would have like a couple drinks, nothing crazy, you know, and I'm waking up the next day and I, I'm like, I feel like I can barely breathe. I'm like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do know. Yeah, I know very well. Laws goes, does G know? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like, come on. Yeah, like. I'm old. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old and hangovers hurt. No, I'm not like, saying you're necessarily even- old, but you're old enough to know. They hit when, as soon as you pass that 30, it's like, man, they just, they just double in effort hangovers for some reason. Yeah. Wait, wait till you pass 40. They get even worse. They take forever. Yeah. They definitely get the content then. There's no excuses. Right. Let's play the first track. I'm going to play Got You off the TP because I really like it. Let's do this. Then we talk about this track.
There we go. That's cool. I'm going to just stop that. There we go. Let's hope we can get that little rifle on. Enjoy that. That's sick. That's yeah, sick. Yeah, it's funny, though, because that was probably made that like two years ago, and I'm like, listening to it. It's like, there's so much shit I would change. <laughs> <laughs> I can just never, you know, never satisfied. That sort of thing. One thing yeah. that stands out in your records is drums. As we know here, we love drums on this yeah. channel. Uh, I thought we'd chat about drums loads. Uh, how you go about yeah. creating them? Let's talk drums. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you the reason my drums are like, I don't want to like, I want this to come across in the right way because I don't want to be like all bragging and that sort of stuff. But the only thing I know I have down for sure in my track <laughs> is drums, right? Yeah. Like that's the only thing like melodies, I suck. Bass lines, I got to work at. Vocals, I'm always using samples or I can't find anything original. Like everything else in production for me is challenging as can be, but drums mm -hmm. I can do without thinking. And that I owe a lot of that though to Iglesias, um, Joe. Yeah. So yeah. when the pandemic hit too, and I was, I was really, I was making, um, you know, I was getting back and, and producing that sort of stuff. I stumbled on, I can't remember how I stumbled on Iglesias and I mean, his drums are incredible. Uh, absolutely mm. incredible in all of his tracks. And so I, I really started diving deep into that kind of minimal tech scene, heavy percussion um, because of him, because of some other producers. And so during the pandemic, there was nothing to do. He was offering up classes. I was able to meet with him a couple of times. And Joe's awesome. Really nice mm. dude. Super knowledgeable, um, a great teacher, really helpful, all that sort of stuff. So I was able to kind of learn a lot of his techniques. And he he's an actual, uh, he, he grew up being a drummer. So that's why his drums are so freaking oh, awesome. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he, uh, I, 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 like I asked him, I remember when we first like sat down and we were going over stuff. Um, I was like, how, how do you do it? I like, how do you know? So yeah, he comes from that background of actually being able to drum and he works in what they call rudiments, which are basically like little sequences of drum beats. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know exactly how to explain it because I'm not a drummer, right? Um, but he kind of showed me how he works and you know, I just took a lot of that and now I bring it into my own stuff. But yeah, percussion is just like, I just take anything I can get from the sample packs that I have. Yeah, I just, I, I do a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of layering. Like right. I try to squeeze in as much drum information and as much sounds and percussion as possible, probably to a fault where it makes mixing down pretty difficult or sometimes I do too much and I have to subtract. But my mm -hmm. philosophy with drums, and that's where I always start my tracks. I don't start with a kick. I don't start with a bass line. I start with drums um, and then I fit everything around my drums. But yeah, it's it's usually I like to start with at least some sort of inspiration kicking off point. So like maybe some sort of top loop or a piece of a top loop. And then from there, I just I, I just layer in as much, as much, as much as possible. And, you know, my my drum group in, in my Ableton projects, unfortunately, usually ends up being 25, 30, 40 tracks. <laughs> no way. Fuck. Yeah. There's little things. It's just like I just I, I love 
and it's, you know, a lot of people say like when you're producing too, they're like, oh, don't, don't do too much. Don't overcomplicate it. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to complicate it like crazy. I'm going to put as much <laughs> stuff into this as possible. Cause that's what I like. I just like, yeah, I like that sound. And, you know, like Tommy and Cash, who I follow a lot, they do a lot of that. They, it, that was one thing too. Um, they're, they're, they're big believers in just, just cram as much as you can into there. Right. It's like, don't, don't be afraid to, to push in as much as possible. Um, you'll know when you do too much too, because like you'll listen to the track and be like, I don't know what to focus on in here, but you can add a lot, you know, especially with the way music is made on Ableton, you know, you can specifically place things anywhere when it's not live recorded. So, but yeah, that's my drum philosophy is just, just add as much as you can. Yeah. Okay. I've got a load of questions from a certain individual in the house who also is into drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so another producer that sat in the house has basically filled me with a load of questions. So we're going to go through these. These are Loss's, these are Loss's top five questions for asking about drums. Let's go. Uh, ha- right. Do you chop up loops and samples or use MIDI? Uh, chop up. Yeah, I, I can't. I need to see it. I need to see the waveform, right? And I need to edit it. I used to try to make everything in MIDI and I, mm. I can't just it just doesn't work for me so yeah it's probably slower but 90 percent of my tracks when i make a whole track uh are gonna be in audio and that's not to say i don't use midi if i use midi i usually you know i write the midi maybe a melody or whatever it is and then i bounce it to audio i i just need mm-hmm. things in audio it's just it's how my brain works Lost, yeah. as he says, he finds he gets more control through having separate channels. Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah, everything is separated as, as possible. Again, I usually start from a kicking off point, um, mm-hmm. some sort of loop, some sort of top loop or or percussion loop, whatever it is. And so maybe that top loop or percussion loop, it might have a hat and a kick in it. So from that standpoint, it's not separated. But ultimately, moving off from that, yeah, you know, I'm going to have hats and claps and percussion, everything kind of in different uh, channels. So that way I just get a ton of control uh, over the mix down. Yeah. Uh, what processing do you put on your drum bus? <laughs> Told you, he's gone in deep. A lot. <laughs> a ton. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I can remember off the top of my head because I basically have, I'll, I'll try and remember as much as I can, but I have processing racks and this is another technique that comes from uh from iglesias as well was he he taught me really how to take my whole drum group and just bring it to life right what he what the way he always described it too was you know when you do your processing at the end of it it should feel like the drums are like right in your face like it like almost like, yeah, it like brings the drums forward. It brings like everything forward and, and in your face, that sort of stuff without creating a bunch of loudness. Right. Um, so the philosophy is usually for processing. Number one, you send it through some sort of like warming amp or like a preamp, right? Some sort of like emulation. So for that, I use this thing called the 1973. I can't remember the exact. It's from Arturia, but it's just a preamp. And I use a, a preset on it called warm things up. And then I do a little bit of gain reduction. It just adds a little bit of like warmth on it. Right. But that comes from Iglesias philosophy on like, he's like always send all your sounds through something, right. To kind of warm them up and give them like that sort of characteristic. Right. But yeah, I do that. I, I, I send it through a preamp after that. I do kind of what I call cleanup EQ, 
right? So rolling off any kind of like low end and super low end stuff on my drums. And then also doing like, uh, you know, rolling off uh, usually at like 250 hertz uh, on the sides, right? So that way you don't have like uh, really kind of like bass information coming through on the side channels. It just creates a lot more room for your kick and for your bass. So yeah, like clean up EQ. And then after that, it's going to be doing a lot of saturation. Um, so I utilize uh, decapitator. I utilize, um, oh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a compression slash saturation uh, plugin from Sound Toys. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but I just do like a light amount of it. And what it does is it kind of gives like a, 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 a parallel compression type of feel. But the main goal is to saturate, right? I like to saturate. And then after that, um, what I'll do is I'll do some compression. So the compression will be to kind of make the track, make the drums breathe a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is, is make the drums kind of pump. And so the way you do that with compression is like super slow attack, really fast release. And you're only doing about like a DB or DB and a half a gain reduction, but it makes your tracks kind of feel like they pump and they like breathe. And I got that technique. I mean, everybody uses that technique, but the way I really got it down was from, um, uh, who's that duo producer. Oh my gosh. Proc and Fitch. Sorry. Yeah. They, yeah. they there was like something, I, I can't remember where I, I came across it, but, um, yeah, Proc and Fitch, they they talked about getting your drums to really breathe, right? That's like that's what can really separate the professionalism of your track, right? So I do that. And then after that, I'll do another compressor usually. And this is to kind of keep everything under control, right? So kind of like medium attack, medium release. It's just to kind of keep the signal kind of like nice and controlled. Not um, you know, not like, you know, you don't have like transients and peaks like flying through and that sort of stuff, like super loud things happening. Um, and then after that, I'll do some EQ through like a colored EQ. I usually use this thing called the mag EQ, um, uh, just kind of like some boosting and some cutting in some different areas. And then after that, I'll do another cleanup EQ because when you do all these VSTs and that sort of stuff, they tend to, sometimes they add like low end and that sort of stuff. So you need to cut that out again. And then, um, from there, I'll just kind of check my gain reduction or, or check my gain to make sure that the drums aren't, you know, I didn't just lie to myself by saying like, oh, these drums sound great. <laughs> but the reason that they sound great is just because they're super loud now. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I'll check that to make sure that like, I'm not having these like huge peaks in the drums. The final thing I'll do too, and I do this on all my channels, not just my percussion and my drums is to clip it. And I just use a free VST. It's called free clip. Um, and this is like a Skrillex technique. He uses a lot of like limiting and clipping on his grouping and channels uh, to make sure that the peaks aren't coming too through too loud. And what it just helps you do it. You don't want to overdo it because basically you're just going to squish the hell out of your single signal and you're not going to have any like nice transients that kind of like pop. Um, but it's basically just like a, a safety net to make sure stuff isn't popping through too crazy on your transient. So that way when you send it to master, it's really easy for the mastering engineer to basically push it really hard towards the limiter. Um, and they won't, you know, they can get, basically the goal is to get a really loud track. Right. And so if you have a nice balanced waveform, when you send it over to master, um, they're really going to be able to push it into that limiter without worrying about like distortion or cutting off your transients too hard. But yeah, the free clip technique, I learned that a couple of years ago and that's been able to help me really kind of push my drums and then if anything just spikes over way too hard, just shave it off, which is, which is, 
it makes things easy. It used to take a lot I, I, before I had that technique, it would just take forever making sure I'm not having spikes coming through too crazy. But now I just nice. put a free clip on the end of it and <laughs> shave it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for it. That's yeah. It's a lot. And it, for, for people who don't produce, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, so I can imagine it'd be boring, but I love no, it. No, no, it's super I, cool. I, super cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. As anyone, yeah. If anyone's got any more questions about drums, get them in the chat. We'll ask them. Uh, let's listen to another track then. Um, I want to play Sex Ed, which came out three months ago. This is, I love this. I was listening to yeah. this morning. I hadn't, I hadn't heard this and I loved it. Um, so let's yeah. play this. Tell me about this one. Yeah, go ahead. This is a free download. Yep. Yeah, I just, I mean, the vocals, I, I don't know where they came from, but I know I didn't have the rights and I was just like, screw <laughs> it. I'm just going to be free. Like, you know, like I didn't, uh, that's the whole sample clearance thing. Like, if I if I take something that I don't necessarily know is mine and really mess with it to like you have no idea what it is, then I, I have kind of no quarrel with it. But this I just literally took the vocal and like slapped it on there. So I just I didn't feel right just being like, hey, let me let me get this released, you know. So yeah. Just That's free cool. download. I, lo yeah. I love a free download. They're good for they're good to keep things moving and no, it, it got, it's weird. It got a ton of activity and it's also getting like a lot of support. So somehow it made the round. I think you reposted it too, so that probably helped a big time. But it made the rounds and it's still making the rounds with a lot of DJs. Um yeah, so I'm happy with it. Let's play it. Yeah, go ahead. There we go. That's that's a that's a that's the drums are killing it on there. Yeah, that one too. I got it mastered by Iglesias, and I I went for the uh, the analog master, the digital slash analog. So it's really mm. bright. It's like really mm. fuzzy sounding, which is um, ends up being good. I always go for that feel too. Just something that sounds like it's bad but good. It's you know, like it, it got sent through something to make it fuzzy and crunchy you know <laughs> nice yeah. fuzzy yeah. and crunchy yeah i mean that's, that's always that's gold gonna... make a sound if you i don't like i don't like stuff that sounds perfect it just sounds mm. too like commercial and too it just doesn't give it life you know i want it to sound uh kind of quote unquote shitty you know like mm. yeah, that's the wrong word to use but sound like it was made back when you know house music's producers they were you know they had like a four track recorder or something like that and they're sending everything through an mpc that's the goal 
I just think, yeah. Lars, when we when we when, Lars, when we release our our, uh, our our breakfast cereal, shedded wheat, we can we can put the uh, tagline as fuzzy and crunchy. Fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy and crunchy. <laughs> uh, dude, that's a good track name. Probably have it to. is. Yeah, yeah. fuzzy and crunchy. Uh, you, you should keep yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I'm always looking for weird track names. I just like it's hard. You know, yeah. I always just have to end up naming the track uh, something along with the lines with like a vocal sample that's in it. And it's just like I, I, I need. Yeah, I need weird stuff because it makes it a little bit more memorable. Yeah, I, I want to talk. We can talk about the the current the current release at the moment. And when we in a minute and we talk about the uh, the names in those because those, those are those are special. Yeah, 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 that was funny. <laughs> Since we started on the course, what have you got out of it? What what have you implemented? What have you been using? What has kind of really helped you? Yeah, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing has been I, I've, I've I've garnered like a ton, uh, so much more momentum. Um, I know That's you great. guys don't necessarily directly like help with the production aspect, for, but for some reason, you know, after going through and and getting that sort of stuff, and maybe it's it's a it's a it's a it's a result um, from seeing a lot more activity on the music that I'm making and that I'm releasing. Perhaps that provides a lot more inspiration for me to keep going, for me to make music. So, last year I finished more music than I've ever finished. Um, this year I'm already like I think last year. So last year I finished I think between like 25 and 30 tracks. Already this year I've already finished 20. Like wow. I'm just just on an absolute tear. So like the momentum I've been able to get from that. And then too, like, uh, I mean, the biggest thing you can see it right on my SoundCloud too. When I started with you, I think I had like a hundred followers on SoundCloud and I know it's not like the best platform out there, but for me, I, for me, it's really important to me. Uh, I, I like SoundCloud a lot cause it's always been my kind of platform that I've used to find music and to stream music. And so I've gone from like a hundred followers, I think on that, when I started with you to now I'm close to 2,100, right? So now I actually have like daily activity on that. And also like producers reaching out to me on there, sending music, downloading music, making connections, all that sort of stuff because of that. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's been plenty of stuff I've gotten from Instagram. I'm, I'm still lagging behind on like other social media things, but I'm somebody who works really well on focus. And so when I started with uh, with Blueprint, I, I, I kind of basically set it my goal. I was like, let me, I want to focus on one platform, really getting that going. And that was SoundCloud for me, again, for better or for worse, you know, because SoundCloud's not the top platform when it comes to streaming. But I said, I just want to kind of give this my attention and my focus. And now looking looking at it, it's just like, yeah, I got a ton of activity from it. And now from like the different things that I've learned, I'm gaining followers through Instagram and through Spotify and through other platforms because of like the strategy on SoundCloud. It's slow moving, but it's, 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 it's more organic. It's more like value driven, right? I have my download gates where somebody, if somebody wants to download a track, Oh, go follow me on Spotify, follow me on SoundCloud, write a comment, that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think probably I, I need to get like the Instagram content game up. But again, that's just like that's gonna be that's gonna take an, a, another alignment of focus. You know, cool. maybe after a couple months of really just doing my thing on SoundCloud, let's say maybe when I get to twenty five hundred followers, I can say, Okay, let me um let me let me go and just focus on Instagram for the next six months, that sort of stuff. 
That's cool. So, yeah, yeah, I mean that last that last track got twelve thousand plays. What's that? That that last track got twelve. Is that twelve thousand plays, which is amazing? Yeah. No. Again, it's like that. That stuff is just it. Um, that's happening now, you know, because I got you know close to twenty one hundred followers on there. Right back when it was, you know, 100 or even 500, you know, I would post a track and you'd be lucky to get like 100 or 200 plays. But now because I'm just I have so much more activity on the page and things are happening, you know, the music just gets pushed out. So many more people, you know, you put a track like that out, which you don't expect to get much from it activity wise. And then sometimes something just pops off, you know, because the right person, maybe maybe the right person finds it they repost mm. it and they have 50,000 followers. Right. Mm. And then all of a sudden all, you know, uh, 20% of those 50,000 are now listening to your, to your music. So yeah, the biggest thing, and that's what I wanted to really target was just kind of like my SoundCloud. Cause that's always been, that's always been my platform <laughs> ever since I yeah, stumbled. Yeah, me too. I, lo- I love SoundCloud. I love it. It's just, even <laughs> though it's buggy and funky and it has its, it has its great parts. It has its not so great parts. I still love it. It's just, it's, it's just, it's where everything makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I was looking, I was looking at that. I was looking at that. I was looking at that track whilst we were listening to that, that last track, Sex Ed. It said 324 reposts and I was looking through the reposts and there wasn't, it's all really like track people just you can see it's real people it's real people that yeah. have got like 100 no, 100 followers yeah, 80 true. followers 50 followers yeah. and because of that massive repost it's just got those thousands of plays which is what which is what you have to do with soundcloud which is amazing which is which shows it works yeah that's the name of the game and yeah i'm glad that there's actual profile pictures and you know a couple blue yeah. people it's like okay these aren't just you know, uh, hey, nothing against hype edit, right? Because hype edit is a, a super powerful tool, um, and and used properly, it's it's been able to get me a lot of where I am on SoundCloud. But sometimes that promote button that you can use on there, I've just I just haven't necessarily seen. Tra- you get you get traction, you get plays, you get that sort of mm. stuff. But you know, when you look at the profiles that are coming in, I know I I imagine you know hype hype edit isn't doing anything mischievous or whatever, right? Um, but I think the way it gets pushed out might be just to a lot of kind of you know not super active accounts or kind of just like spammy accounts that sort of stuff. So yeah, but you know the, it is you know when it is good to see when you look into that activity and be like, Oh, that's a real person, you know, <laughs> versus, Oh, it's just a, you know, how, what does SoundCloud do? They just put like the first, the name, the, uh, if you don't have a profile picture, they just put like the first letter of your name and then like a color yeah. in the back. If you see a lot of those, you're like, it doesn't mm. look like I'm getting actual real engagement from this, you know? Yeah. The, and the, the one is also is when you get loads of, you get loads of plays, but there isn't, there isn't, repost or isn't there isn't repost because the repost is really the driver of anything like the more repost yeah. you get the more reach you get so if you mm-hmm. if you've got loads of players but no repost then there's definitely a gauge of like are they real are they not are they exactly get, yeah when you've got when you've got you know hundreds of reposts that's that's what's that's what's pushing the track which is amazing yeah, the comments have to come to and you know the thing is too like you know with comments you can set up that as a download gate right mm. I can't, I can't quite remember the, but I, I mean, I, I, I was, I think the, the, the major point I'm trying to make is if you have 50,000 plays and only two comments, it's pretty obvious what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I also, people don't put the comments on when they're using hyped it. And, and I always think the comments, having the comments. Well, you have to pay com- for the premium. 
Yeah, so. you get all the little you get all the little squares along the wave, and if you when you go when I'm when you're scrolling down SoundCloud and you see a track and it's got all the little people's faces on the on the wave, especially when it says yeah. free download, you're like all those people have commented. That means that all those people have free download. I've downloaded it. Yeah, these are tracks out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's a visual thing. Jump through the hoops to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes and it can be like. I've I've downloaded hundreds of tracks, thousands off of, and sometimes mm-hmm. there's, I mean, they've hyped out. It's made it a lot better. It's a lot of like one click and it's done now. But mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when they were first still figuring things out. And sometimes people would set up like a multiple, multiple step gate. Oh my God. And there'd be times where like, I'm on like the four step and I'm like, better be after this step. Cause I'm getting freaking annoyed. <laughs> you know, like, you know, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, but, but, but. and it's like, yeah. now it's a lot easier, you know, like they, they make it more of a one, two step, but. Yeah, but it means like if somebody goes through that, they're they're jumping through the hoops. They're they're taking a couple minutes to 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 get through those hoops and to get to that track. So it's like for me, that's actual engagement, you know. And that means my track is in the iTunes or it's in the tractor or in their mm-hmm. uh, record box, whatever it is. Um, yeah, this that last track came out as a you did a I saw you did a free a free download New Year's Eve free download. This is the other one off of it, which is called Bomber, which I actually I did repost this one. This one's great as well, so I'm going to play this one as well, and then we'll yeah, get some new music. Yeah, this super tech house. Um, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be making this stuff anymore, or like, I I don't target to make this, but it's a fun track, and I've played it out plenty of times. It gets awesome crowd reaction. So if if Let's, if if it fits into a set, I'll play it. You know. Let's give it a little play. Let's do this. There we yeah. go. That was cool. Very cool. I'll give it a little bit more. So you've changed down a little bit from that. That's that's. I really like that track. It was really cool. Yeah, it was just. Um, yeah, it's it definitely. It leans more towards tech house, which I I make more of like a minimal tech. Like just some of the. I mean, the percussion's all always going to be very similar to to what I make, but some of the synth sounds. You know, it's a little bit of that kind of like mainstream tech house type of sound. Which I'm I'm totally fine with. It's just not necessarily stuff I always make. Also, the vocal too. It's just um, yeah, it's it's that kind of Latin house. That's like that's all I think people heard at Miami Music Week. <laughs> Everybody's making it, and I'm like, I just I don't want to jump on the train. I probably should from a exposure standpoint, but I'm just not gonna. <laughs> it's a, it's a cool know? train. Yeah, it's a good train. <laughs> just I don't know. I'll I'll make when I work with my friend uh, Junior. He's Brazilian. Uh, you know, if, mm. if, if if he'll get some Brazilian vocals on there, and I'll feel okay about it because you know he's actually <laughs> you know, Italian American. So 
I don't feel like Where I you- necessarily earned the right to just use Brazilian vocals. I don't know what the hell they're saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Where are you finding those samples? Where do you where where do you hunt for your samples? Uh everywhere. Um it's yeah, I have uh so I have too many samples. I'll just let you know that. I have I've been collecting for years and years and years and years and I spend too much money on them. I get caught all the time. <laughs> so oh sample pack on Instagram. I, I always try not to buy like the big ones, you know, like if I get an an advertisement on Instagram from like uh I think they're called like IQ sounds or something like that. They're good samples, but just like everybody uses them. So I try not to buy from stuff that like everyone is using. I try to do a lot of hunting um, on things like Bandcamp, uh, just other random websites to find stuff that a lot of people aren't using. And so I definitely have some samples that are kind of like the secret sauce samples that I I try not to share with anybody because, which is bad. I should just share yeah. with people. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. But, you know, at least when I get this new pack, I'm like, all right, let me hold on to this for a month, you know, so that <laughs> it's get out there, you know, and people are going to use it if it's good. But yeah, I have too many samples, man. When I, when I was working with Iglesias, he shipped me um, a terabyte, uh, a hard drive. <laughs> what the fuck? Iglesias samples. Wow. Yeah. And um, he was just like, dude, just take it. You'll never have to buy a sample pack again. And um, that was untrue because I've bought many sample packs since then. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have, I have, I think in my collection, I have close to two, three terabytes of samples. Um, It's just, yeah, Laws, I can send it to you. Um, but, uh, I just, I, it's just been years upon years of collecting, you know, and I have a lot of producer friends and we always do the thing of, Hey, you bought this pack. I bought this one. Let's trade or, uh, Oh, Hey, like I'm going to buy this pack. Do you want to Venmo me for half of it? Right. And we can split it. That's sort of stuff. So, you know, you just have like a huge network like that. And, um, I just have tons and tons and tons and tons of samples. Um, and then also I just get stuff from like random, 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 random YouTube videos. And, and, um, I'm pulling up my phone cause I actually want to show you just a really, uh, sample that I, I found on Instagram the other day that I'm going to make a track out of. Yeah. Like this is really <laughs> random, but I, 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 over my wife, she was on Instagram. She was scrolling through, through stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was yesterday morning in the, or Monday morning, whatever it was. And I heard this from, I was lying in bed, just like waking up, like going through social media as one does Mm. when they're waking up. Right. Yeah. And I overheard this from way out in the kitchen and I was like, oh, that has rhythm to it. Like I want to take that and put it into one of my tracks. So I'll just play it really quick and see if you can kind of hear the rhythm behind it. But this is, yeah, this is sometimes where I get my samples. All right, let me play it one more time. I know you probably can't hear that. I don't know. I'm listening to the microphone. I'm listening to my headphones. Fuck's sake. So, I mean, it's probably not coming. That's Listen, I'll, I'll make the track and I'll send it to you. But there's like a laughter, and then it like goes into like a ha ha ha. And I was like, that. Could oh yeah, work I heard that, the, yeah, that's cool. I was like, that could work in the background of a track the whole time. <laughs> you know. And modulate nice. it, mess with it, chop it up. So, yeah, it's all I, – I get everything from okay. everywhere, you know. But I have a sample collection that's way too big. 
Law says he grabbed grabbed a sample from a Gusto Just E advert the other day. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, there's. Uh, um, I do. I do also. Um, like I do background music for. Uh, there's this artist in LA where he does like promo videos, and he needed like royalty free music. So I just did like some hip hop beats for him, some background stuff. And there was one track um, that I sent him. It was like an intro to like a VHS company or something like that that I just like looped over that I found through, like laws, like through like an old eighties commercial. So yeah, it's like, Amazing. you never know. Like I'll just be, I'll just stumble across something random on Instagram or YouTube and be like, Oh, that has like a cadence to it. Or that has like a flow to it. Let me rip it and put it into Ableton and see if I can make something out of it. That's very cool. That's very cool. Right. Uh, Nick, let's, let's move to new music. Yeah. You had an album. You had an EP out on Unnamed and Unknown. Tell me about this label. Yeah. Tell me about the release, work and desire. And there's yeah. some great track designs here. Yeah. Unnamed and Unknown is out of uh, Portugal. Uh, it's run mm-hmm. by Pedro Vasconcelos. I think I'm saying his last name long. It's very long, <laughs> but I think I got yep. it. Um, but Pedro's awesome. Really nice dude. And um, a very professional label too. Like the release was solid. The promo, the, all the you know, communication, which... The only reason I say this too is if anybody's listening and they're like releasing stuff, it's just like you can get some really great labels to work with and some not so great labels to work with. Uh, <laughs> unnamed and unknown is one of the good ones, you know? So just want to put that out there. But anyways, yeah, that their sound is very, uh, very much in line with, with what sort of, uh, you know, fan base and what sort of sound I'm, I'm looking to be kind of tied in with. You know, Pedro, I, he's a resident with Nazo and, the, you know, Tommy and Cash. Um, and he's been running that label for a few years. And then I think probably over like the yeah, last year or two, he's just gained a lot more activity. Um, he does a lot of like parties in Portugal, that sort of stuff. But anyways, I just, yeah, I, I think I, I might have just pinged him on Instagram, um, just saying, hey, can I send you some demos? And then, you know, built up my kind of professional email, that sort of stuff, sent him over four and he picked three. Yeah. And so it worked out and yeah, the release did pretty well. I think I got, I got up to like number three spot on the releases in tech house, um, which was great, but yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was a good release. And it was kind of, it was really important to me to that release because I had listened to unnamed and unknown for a couple of years and all those tracks. And, you know, two, three years ago, I was listening to those tracks being like, man, like what it would mean to me to like, kind of like be alongside with these people and, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm there now, so it's cool. <laughs> is that ha- you're finding that happening a lot more now? You're getting to those labels you wanted to get to. Your that's that, and that's yeah. The support's coming through. You know the videos where like you, you wake up the next day after Tommy and Cash played a show and they're going through their stories and you're like, oh shit, there, there's my track. You know, in front of a Amazing. thousand people. You know, like stuff I used to really kind of dream of two or three years ago, four years ago. Now you kind of seem to come through and it's freaky and it's really cool. It's, it's really awesome to see that and to kind of get a little bit of that validation, that sort of stuff. But yeah, all that, all those, you know, one door opens, you get through one door and it opens up four more, you know, cause like yeah. I reach out to black seven and say, Hey, I've signed tracks with Kubo and um, with unnamed and unknown. I've got support from these people. Would you take a listen? Right. And immediately that, that, that small level of credibility, it, it just, it, it provides a lot more. It's tough, you know, getting getting through that first door, but 
it's not impossible. You know, you just need to get one or two people to to sign and to support. And, and then from there, you just, you just keep building the resume, keep, keep adding to the credibility. Yeah. Leverage the last, the next. It's yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to play that. I'm going to play the, my name, the name is Bob. The name is Bob. This is the one we premiered yeah. on data transmission. I love, I love this I track name. I, I got the name. I can't remember. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, lo- I, I loved we had a I think it was about a 45 minute cre- a chat about creative and, and social chat for this in our, in our group call I, I enjoyed the chat I enjoyed chatting about yeah right, let's play this first though we go that was great oh we want let me yeah there we go that's cool that was great yeah i like that track it's it's a fun <laughs> one I, I i enjoyed when when that one was was um yeah it just came out good it was one of those ones that just flowed you know finished it over like a day or two and baseline's great on that as well what's that baseline baseline's great on that one as well like like you, you've that's improved and what are you, how are you producing your baselines now? What are you using for those? Is it VST thing or yeah. is it a sample thing? That one I remember I did in MIDI, um, which I don't do a lot. I usually, for my baselines, I chop up audio samples. Mm-hmm. Um, usually maybe take one or two pieces from a loop and, and then mix it with other loops in the same key or not even in the same key sometimes, just whatever sounds good. That mm-hmm. one, I, I just remember for some reason I wrote it in MIDI. Yeah, and it just cool. it just worked out. Yeah, it, it it with with production, it's just it's kind of just all dependent on like how I'm feeling that day, you know. <laughs> oh, today I'm going to use MIDI. Okay, yeah, see how it works out. <laughs> or what happens a lot too is I'll I'll hear like a baseline in a um like a loop in a sample pack. I will like the notes and I will like maybe the groove of the baseline, but I don't like the tone of the bass. Right? Either it's like too harsh or it's weird or something like that, or it's too acid or whatever. And I just like, Hey, I just want like the meat of it. So I'll take it. And, um, you know, with Ableton, you can, you can pull away or you can pull out the MIDI notes from it. Or if that doesn't work great, you just kind of guess until you get there. So yeah, a lot of times I'll use like something from inspiration and then bring in my own bass sound to it. Um, and then mess with it and do that sort of stuff. So Skilling keys I can does I did that, that one, but I know I wrote it in MIDI. Cool. Yeah. Skeleton keys to do the same. So does laws. Yeah. yeah. Seems- well, anything, anything works. I, I always work good off of points of inspiration. There's never a time where I sit down and I go, I'm going to make this type of track, you know, and then mm-hmm. it happens. Right. It's just like, I go through, I hunt through some samples, find something as a kicking off point, And then I go from there a couple hours later, I have something. <laughs> <laughs> Come out the rabbit yeah. hole and 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I try not to think about it too much. I just, just go. Uh, right. Let's play. Let's play one more track. Play the Phil Collins one. You want to play the Phil Collins one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't okay. know. Okay. I just, just got the master back this morning. So let's play it then. So this, so yeah. tell me about this track before I play it. I mean, I love, I grew up listening to this track studio. Um, and I think it was just a couple months ago. I, this summer I'm working on a lot of like eighties edits. That's mm -hmm. like my sound right now is like, you know, big gated snares, like, you know, really like, uh, electronic drums mixed with, uh, regular drums, organic drums, whatever. And so I think I just heard studio, so studio the other day, um, like a couple weeks ago and I was like, you know what, that could use some, some low end, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. I added a ton of drums. It's again, it's just an edit, not going to be an official release. Cause I think I would probably have to give, give my left leg to get that sample cleared. But <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's just, um, yeah, just an edit, something that'll be fun for, for DJs to put, put in their sets. Nice. I love this track. I have it on my running playlist. It's, uh, I have an eighties running playlist, which is just like cliche running tracks, but this is on there. Oh, so the best, original's dude, on there. It's, so it's unreal production too. There's like the, the great thing about the eighties was people were getting really, there was a lot of like new stuff happening with digital production and, and new techniques and new things, that sort of stuff. So it's a really cool era. Cause you see a lot of stuff that, that you can still use today. That sounds super cool. Let's play this then. Let's go. sick let's get that that was amazing i love that that's cool let's get this i can't yeah. wait to get that out there yeah i gotta figure <laughs> out the kind of techniques to i don't know i feel like it, it it could take off a little bit like a good edit you know get it on, get yeah, it on a free download and then it is an edit you know i don't think i think i think let's get it out there and get the downloads going and just push it load and and let's what see do you what think about and... getting it to like, but sending it out promo first? Yeah, like hundred percent. Some, some bigger names. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think, I think there's get the kind of two thing moving. Like send it out from send it out again. Push push the plays on SoundCloud and then and then, but also because you can then send that saying that it's had twelve thousand to fifteen thousand listens in a week, and hmm. and then you're sending that to big DJs as well. Going here's your free copy, here's your copy, but without the download gate, you know. But yeah, also promo could be a good thing as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to see if I can track. hear it. At, I want to see if I can hear it at Coachella. Send it to a few people that um, that I know are playing there. So good plan. Yeah, get, get those videos will definitely help as well. Like, you can get, yeah, you can get one one video of it going off is 
Yeah, at one of the larger festivals on the planet. That'd be pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's I'd do be that. happy, yeah. <laughs> okay, we're getting to the end. Right, uh, if you could sum up working with us and the course, and would you recommend it to others? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, yeah, if you can if, if you can put in the time and, the, and the, uh, the investment dollars, definitely do it. Because I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you've been producer for a couple of years, you're, you're definitely putting a tremendous amount of time and effort into making your music, right? And it's just like you spend days, months, tweaking, adjusting, making songs, doing the best you can to be creative. And then for you to just like take that, hand it to a label that's not really going to do anything for you and get close to zero activity via social or Spotify or whatever, it just it just does like a total disservice to yourself. With your course, I was just again, I, there was it wasn't every single piece I took, and I was like, boom, let's go, and you know, I blew up on social media, but it was just a few different pieces that I was able to take and grow my fan base within a few different platforms, and I'm still growing that fan base, and and now I see steady growth too. It's not like I get like little spurts. You know, which which used to happen where it was like I would get 100 plays here, or two follows there or whatever it is. It's like every day I'm going into my platforms and I've, I've gained this and I've gained that. It's like it's just a steady slope of things going up. Right. Wicked. So, yeah, if, if you want to just really learn, uh, you know, some strategy on, on how to get uh, to that point where you're just seeing continuous increase in, in your exposure and in your growth, that's where you're going to be able to do it. And you can take any piece that you want, whether that, whether that's Instagram, whether that's SoundCloud, Spotify, Facebook, whatever, whatever piece you want to be able to grow in. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing I was able to, to get from the course. Yeah. Wicked. And then yeah. what we got coming up, what we got coming up, how's the year, rest of the year looking, how's 2023 looking, what, what have we got releases, what gigs we got? Yeah. You tell me, man. We got releases on your label. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exciting. So got, um, I got a release on the 14th. Uh, so next Friday, I think that is, with SK Lab. Um, that's a two-track EP. I have a remix EP coming up on Unlearn with Doc Brown, who I met through sick. your stream. Right? And oh, then sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, it's one track and then somebody did a remix of the track that's coming out in, uh, May, I think. And then the, the, the ones I did with you was, what do we have May or I can't remember yeah. the exact. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. The, the, first, the first new DC weapons, uh, DC weapons release. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Which we're taking, you're taking a different approach now. It's going to be all in all platforms. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Are you still going to be doing free downloads on SoundCloud or is it now? Okay. So different full approach. releases yeah so we just because we with the dc weapons we were we were doing as a free download series and we just i've just we're just changing the approach it's gonna be a full label we're doing yeah we're doing four track vas so every track kind of can get its own good push uh one yep. a month so that we can spend you know four weeks pushing four tracks which makes a load of sense and you're on the first one which is i'm excited about we've got some great tracks on each release what is that and may four, yeah mid, middle of may middle of okay. may so yeah i got that <laughs> Um, I have fall really, I know it's already like thinking about September. I have fall <laughs> releases with black seven Nazo. Um, I got a ton of stuff, coming, but all, <laughs> the biggest thing to know is that pretty much, and this is the first time I've ever had this. I, I have a, 
essentially a string of releases all the way till till next fall, which is crazy right. to me. Like I, I used to work on just trying to get two or three tracks signed a year. And now it's just like, now I have to talk to labels to be like, oh no, I'm already releasing two tracks that month. We need to push the next month, which is, it's, it's a good problem to have, you know, it's like you got too much coming out. So negotiating strategy. That's, that's wicked. I love it. We've got actually yeah, got a strategy, well, which is wicked. It's cool, man. And you know, especially to sign in with Nazo, um, Tommy and Kesha are really good guys and they've provided a ton of awesome feedback to me, but it took so many demos to get those three tracks signed, you know? And, uh, yeah. And also too, I have labels approaching me too for remixes. Now I've done a couple of remixes and yeah, just getting a ton of exposure. And then the last thing too, is I partnered with this guy, Will, the creator over in Costa Rica. I'm going to be doing a and R, um, some a and R responsibilities for a record label called pineapple paradise out of Costa Rica. So nice. keep your eye on that. we should be having a, a, like kind of a sampler VA coming out either this month or next month. Uh, some of my tracks, some of his tracks, some tracks from people like chicks love us. Um, nice. That's so yeah. And he's really trying to grow, grow the scene down in Costa Rica. So yeah, that's some interesting, some new stuff that, that I have kind of. Laws, Laws love the, Laws loves the pineapples. So you can, I, I, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be pushing the tracks your way. but a pi- label that's got pineapples in it. Oh my yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Laws, let me know. We need, we need to, <laughs> we only have, we only have like a couple releases kind of lined up in the, uh, what do you call that? The kind of agenda, the docket there. So we, we need more, more music. I, obviously we're going to get a little bit more organized about, you know, where to send demos, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, laws, you can always just DM me, just let me know. <laughs> yeah. Just keep in mind, we're figuring everything out. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep communication as good as possible, but you know, we're, we're just starting things out and you know, we'll, we'll do goodbye. Do good by you though. Um, if you want to release anything with us, but very yeah. cool. Very, very cool. We can do an A&R stream later in the year then. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to Will too. He would love that. Um, yeah. Cause I've told him too, just about our relationship and he's yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out. Let us get a, let us get a few, a string of releases out there. So we got a little bit of, I mean, he's, it, it's an event. It started as an event company. And so he's, he's got a really good following in Costa Rica, but just not any real, no like musical content yet on, um, on like any platforms. So yeah, we'll get a couple under the belt and then we'll, uh, we'll set that up. Wicked. Right, three o'clock. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. It's great to chat to you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And I'll, I'll yeah, see you in the group course. call later. But thanks a lot, dude. Thanks for doing this. Great to hear, chat to you. Great to hear the story. Thanks um, mm-hmm. everyone for being here. Yeah. Um, it's been great fun. Um, yeah, of course. No, go- this is awesome. Well, thank I'll you. I'll let you go work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I got, now I got my full day. Yeah, my day is just starting. I got to go make my sales calls. So no. good luck it's all good that. fun. Is what it is. Good luck. See you soon. I see you. Might see the group call. I'll see you later. If not, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. See you later.